The reading this morning is from uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thanks, Ben, and good morning, everyone. So, the cross in the world, what do I mean by that? Well, the cross is the shorthand by which Christians refer to that event of Jesus of Nazareth being crucified, put to death by the Romans in the province of Judea, round about the year 30, under the governorship of Pontius Pilate. An historical event, something taking place within human history in a known place and time, that event of Jesus suffering and death by the world on the other hand uh, I mean the I mean that term in a kind of specialized way so the Bible uses several terms that are translated the world in our Bibles and uh, sometimes it just means you know perhaps what you might assume that it means the universe or the earth uh, that referring to the the world as something made by God and established by God in the beginning but often the term the world is used as a figure of speech to refer to human beings. And, you know, we, we do this ourselves. We talk about the world doing this or the world doing that. That's, that's what we mean. Um, and the Pharisees, you might remember an occasion where the Pharisees complain in the Gospels that the whole world has gone after Jesus. Bit of an exaggeration. What they mean is that the people of this world are following Jesus. So the world is a way of talking about the people. And in some places in the Bible, it's clear that in using that term, the world, uh, the Bible writers have a specific uh, thing in mind, that is the human life, not just all the people, but human life as it's normally lived, all the systems and culture and uh, just the ways of living that human beings have. And so the world is a way of referring to all that human life as it's lived in the world. I won't say more about that now, but we're just going to think about a bit more about the world as we go along through the series um, by focusing on the cross, that event of Jesus' death. And uh, uh, so over three weeks, what we're going to look at is, first of all, what the cross reveals to us, and secondly, what the cross does for us, and then in the third week, what the cross does to us. So it's probably the second of those that we're most used to thinking about in church, what the cross does for us, and that's important, and so we're going to spend that week next week thinking about it. Uh, But there are other things we can say about the cross that are also important. So today, what the cross reveals to us, and I don't know if you've thought about this before, but I wonder, just as you think about it, what, what does the cross reveal to you? What is shown to us by the event of Jesus dying in this way? As we think about it over the next three weeks, there are a couple of things that I'm going to assume about God and about Jesus. And this is sort of important background. That First of all, that we understand God to be Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So that 
uh, this is this is the nature of God revealed in the gospel that the God the Father sends His Son and and sends His Son in the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus does His ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see three at work in the story of the gospel: the Father, Son, and the Spirit. That this is what God is like. And secondly, that in sending the Son into the world, the Son takes on human humanity, takes on human nature. And so that the person, Jesus Christ, is both truly God and truly human. Fully God and fully human. So I'm not going to try and prove that God is Father, Son and Spirit to you today. I'm not going to try and show you that from the Bible. I'm not going to try and show you that Jesus is fully God and fully human. But I'm going to assume those things. And they're really crucial for understanding the meaning of the cross in all three of our all three of these weeks, but especially today as we think about what is revealed in the cross. And I'm going to talk about three things that are revealed. And the first thing is that the cross reveals the condition of humanity. The cross reveals the truth about the world. Now, how does it do that? Let's think about the story of the gospel and what we're saying happened, that God came into our world that the Father sent the Son into our world to become one of us and live among us. So God came among us. How did the world respond? How did human beings respond to Jesus coming into our world? Well, pretty negatively is what we see in the cross. Given the opportunity, how do we respond to God? We tried to kill him. In fact, we didn't try to just try to kill him we did kill him and we didn't just kill him we killed him in perhaps the most brutal and horrible way imaginable the cross was deliberately designed to humiliate the crucified person the cross was designed to torture them for several hours and the cross was designed to execute them the cross is a horrible thing, crucifixion was a horrible thing the cross of Jesus was as someone has said a bloody mess a bloody mess and what does it show? it shows that this is the reality of human beings in relation to God we we might think that human life human beings generally and human culture generally is okay but the cross brings out the reality of it. Uh, An American theologian called, I I read an interview with an American theologian called Fleming Rutledge. She has written a, a major book about the crucifixion and in the interview she was asked to reflect on, you know, what the cross shows us and she said, um, why this method, crucifixion, why this method and not another? because it corresponds to the depth of depravity caused by human rebellion against God. It shows us just how bad things really are with us. No wonder we don't want to look at it. It shows us just how bad things really are with us. And uh, that's a very sobering thing, isn't it, to say and to think about when we think about the cross. The world... The reality of the world is revealed. 
So we might say that, generally speaking, in our experience, human beings maintain a, a fairly you know, p- positive outward appearance that we try to you know, look okay, and everyone seems to look okay, and society sort of more or less works, but in coming into the world, Jesus brings the truth to the surface. I don't know if you've, uh, you know the, uh, the film director called Sam Raimi. Do you know Sam Raimi? He, he started out um, and became famous for directing those sort of horror splatter movies. Um, and he made his name doing that. And then later on he directed the Spider-Man movies. You know the good ones with um, Tobey Maguire? I don't know. Anyway, some people think they're good. Um, and, but in between those two things, he directed a really interesting movie called A Simple Plan. This is about 1998. So fairly recently, right? 1998. And uh, it's a story about a very ordinary man uh, and his wife living in a, a, a small town in America. His name's Hank. He's uh, um, a kind of accountant. Or, uh, and uh, his, his wife is very very ordinary. They're expecting a child. They're just really nice, upstanding citizens of this small town. And one day Hank goes hunting with his brother Jacob and their friend Lou. And uh, while they're chasing a fox uh, through the forest, they discover a small aircraft that has crashed. And they investigate the aircraft. Inside they find the pilot who's deceased. And they also find bags and bags of $100 notes. Great treasure, $4 million in American banknotes. And Hank decides to try and keep the money. They, try to, they decide to keep the money. And they're going to hide it, uh, wait, and, wait and see what happens when the plane is discovered. But if there's no problems, then they're going to move away and keep the money for themselves. And so this story then tells, uh, follows what happens as they try to keep the money. And uh, can I spoil it for you? They, they fall into, these, deep, these friends and uh, this husband and wife fall into deep mistrust of each other and, and they find out what they're willing to do in order to keep the money. They're, they're willing to lie and they're willing to uh, break up their relationships and they're w- in fact willing to kill each other ultimately to keep the money. It's a horrifying, horrifying story, far more horrifying than any splatter movie, right? That we just see these ordinary nice people destroy one another in order to keep the money. So the money is kind of like a litmus test, an acid test. It brings out the truth of these people. They seem nice. Outwardly, they seem like upstanding citizens, but given the opportunity, there is a horror within them that is brought out by this opportunity. And so it is on an even bigger scale with the cross, according to the Bible, that the, the reality of the world is revealed in the death of Jesus. Um, we see the truth about the world. And this is why the Bible says things like, John says in his first letter, do not love the world. Do not love the world. Or why Paul says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to the world. This is why the world is a problem. It's not, they're not just talking about, you know, the, the created world. They're not just talking about the environment. They're talking about 
human life as it's normally lived. It's something that we would want to get away from when we realise the truth of it. So the cross wakes us up to the reality of human life as it's normally lived. I was uh, reading a story in the, uh, on, online about uh, a woman who was scammed in the UK. She was a victim of a scam and uh, she had to appear in court to give her side of the story and explain the impact on her. And also her friend, who was... Uh, the, the woman was an elderly, elderly woman and her younger friend, her neighbour, also appeared and explained uh, what had happened. And she also talked to the press afterwards and she said, my neighbour... Uh, was scammed. The reason she was a, a, vic- a victim of this scam was because of her deep Christian faith. Uh, because she, because of her deep Christian faith, she believed in the basic goodness of human beings. I just was reading that, and I was just, I couldn't quite hold on a minute. What is it? Can this be right? Now. It may be that this is what uh, this woman was taught about Christian faith, but surely that's not what we believe about human beings. It's not what the cross reveals about human beings. If we took it seriously, we would never get scammed. And the reason we would never get scammed is because we would be deeply suspicious of everyone. Wouldn't we? Maybe it, uh, it brings out into the open the truth about people. But secondly, the cross also reveals something about God. And this is uh, the good news, the wonderful news of the cross. And uh, first of all, the cross reveals the love of God. And this is uh, something that um, we read about in the, well, at least we heard in the uh, assurance after the confession. But it comes out in a number of passages in the Bible and uh, especially in John's first letter. Um, And reflecting on the cross, John says that we we see, first of all, the the love of God the Father. Because God the Father was willing to send his son or give his son um, to come into our world and die in this way. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's in 1 John chapter 4. But John also, thinking about it, thinks that the cross also reveals the love of Jesus, the love of the son for us as well. 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And in those words of John 3.16 that we heard before, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so we can see in the cross that the world rejects God. In fact, the world hates God, is willing to try to kill God, but also that God loves the world. The world hates God, but God loves the world. That's extraordinary, isn't it, when you put it together like that? The cross reveals the love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for us, working together in love to rescue us and save us. 
But looking at the cross, we can see more than that. More, more is revealed about God, even than God's love. And this is actually in some ways more, perhaps even more radical when we think about uh, what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, which is there in your booklets. Because Paul says that we should learn from Jesus and learn from the cross in this way, that Jesus was in very nature God, but did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So here's Paul's reflection. When you look at the cross, what you see, you see God, Jesus, truly God, not using that as an opportunity to, for his own advantage, but rather taking on the form of a servant, becoming a human being, being willing to die for us. In fact, even being willing to die on a cross. The nature of God is revealed in the cross. And what is that nature? That nature is to serve. This is amazing. God's nature to love and to serve, to express that love in service. God is revealed as servant-hearted. And can I just point out, I don't think this is what human beings would naturally assume about God. That if we were trying to build our own picture of God, this is not what we would come up with. In fact, it's not generally what people do come up with. Something surprising and extraordinary is revealed about God here. That God loves and God serves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2, Paul goes even further, I think, and says that God is willing to do what appears to be foolish and weak in order to save us. In sending Jesus to die on the cross, God exposes himself to being thought of as foolish and weak. Isn't that extraordinary? God acts in a weak and foolish way to save us. The cross reveals this about God. And I think for the first response really should just be praise and thanksgiving. Thank you, God, so much. Praise God that God is love, that God is serving, that God is willing to be weak and foolish for our sake. But secondly, just to think, how good is it to know this God? How good is it to belong to this God? That God should actually act for us in this way. That's a, that is a God worth knowing. That is a God worth serving. That is a God worth responding to. That is a God worth sacrificing for. Because he is love. He is serving in that way. So the cross reveals the truth about humanity and the cross reveals a God worth knowing and loving and responding to. But thirdly, the, the cross also reveals something else about humanity. And this is um, something that comes when we think about Jesus as truly human. What does it show to us? Well, if the cross shows us that, generally speaking, human beings, the world is anti-God and against God and wants to kill God, in Jesus Christ we see a different kind of humanity, a, a huge contrast. 
And we can think about this in, re- uh, in, in terms of Jesus' relationship with God the Father and also in terms of his relationship with us. So in, in being willing to die on the cross, Jesus presents his life to God the Father, his human life, his human life of devotion and faithfulness and worship. Jesus presents that to God the Father. Instead of a humanity that's on about wanting to get rid of God, we see a humanity in Jesus which is on about worshipping God, which is completely devoted to God's service, which is utterly faithful to God. But in relation to us, we see a human being who is willing to serve us at his own cost, a human being who loves others and is willing to express that love in self-giving and self-sacrifice. We see humanity as it could be. We see humanity as it should be in Jesus Christ. That is, thankfully, we see an alternative to the world. We see an alternative to human life as it's normally lived. We see the possibility there of a different kind of humanity. We see true humanity in Jesus and so even if, even if looking at the cross makes us deeply pessimistic about the world, actually, we end up as optimists by looking at the cross. And how is that? Because we can see that there, there is another humanity possible. And the good news of the gospel is that through believing in Jesus, not just that we can be forgiven for our rebellion against God, but that through faith in Jesus, by being united with Jesus, by following Jesus we might actually come to share in Jesus' true humanity, in Jesus' new humanity. In the cross, we see hope for humanity that we ultimately could share in. So I don't know how you think about humanity generally and how you think about the world. Are you positive about the world? Are you very negative about the world? Probably these days, it's kind of likely that we're pretty negative about it. I don't know how you feel. Just all the, the angst about the way things are going and uh, easy to be negative about human beings. There was a great uh, outpouring of angst, of course, when Donald Trump was elected president and it produced a bunch of music which was uh, incredibly full of loathing for humanity around that time. Uh, and perhaps the greatest example of this was the album Pure Comedy by Father John Misty, this guy who styles himself Father John Misty. And Pure Comedy is just an outpouring of uh, deep, deep pessimism and loathing for the human condition. Um, And in one song, he comments sarcastically about our situation, not bad for a race of demented monkeys. Not bad for a race of demented monkeys. I don't know if you feel kind of like that but in some ways the cross as an event justifies that sort of view but also gives us hope beyond it that we can see that because of the actions of the God of love there is a hope for humanity in Jesus Christ so why don't we pray and respond to that now um, as we think about what the cross has revealed to us Our Heavenly Father, we praise you that you are so full of love that you sent your Son. We thank you for having mercy on us. We can see the reality of the world 
the reality of human life in the cross. And we're so thankful that you still love us, you still love the world, and you have mercy on us. And thank you that in Jesus we can see a better way and hope for human beings. And we pray that you would help us to put our hope in him. And that in your mercy, in time, we might come to be like him. That we might come to share in that true and new humanity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.